Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. All right, welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. This is episode 123 of the show tonight. Happy to have you guys here on another episode of the show. Very hot right now. We're in like the middle of a heat wave when this is being done right now. It's got to be like 100 in this room right now because there's no insulation up here and I have no AC. So I'm going to do my best to get through this episode here and uh, go take a cold shower or something so that I can live. So. If you see me sweating, uh, it's for a good reason. But <laughs> so hopefully people have been liking the show on the past couple episodes. We're jumping topics a lot because there's a lot of things that are happening right now in my life or things that are happening in current events where I feel like the information is a good timing. Uh, but if you're just landing on this show, this is waking up from work podcast, getting to work, making work a passion, living life creative full time. That's what we're about here interviewing entrepreneurs, musicians, creatives, and doing solo episodes like this to take deep dives that can help you and me and anyone trying to go after something that they have as a passion, as their thing in life, uh, like really seriously. So the past couple episodes, we had Elizabeth, When by the time this one airs here, because we're live before it's out. Past couple episodes, we had Elizabeth on who was talking about relationships with your partner when you know, one of you is a freelancer or an entrepreneur, or both of you are, and some of the craziness that can come into play there. And then the episode right before this one is talking with the co-founder of Boxable, which is like a specialty uh, pre-made housing, mass-produced housing thing, because we're seeing a housing crisis here in the US and I think really the world, but the US here definitely just officially entered a housing crisis. And I like pay attention a lot. Like I read a lot every day and and research a lot every day in terms of the economy and real estate and, and things like that. So I don't know everything, but I, I feel like I have a pretty good vibe on things sometimes. And for me, it feels like the 08, 09 uh, crash right now when it comes to real estate prices. But this time it's different. And my take is that there isn't going to be a crash because the demand is just so far not served. That I think that we're in for a little bit here, guys, my American friends here. I think that we're going to be in for a little bit for dealing with a housing crisis. And that's really important because for creatives, that brings their overhead cost of living up, which makes it harder for them to get out of a nine to five or to manage their income when they're in like a startup mode or something like that. That's why I bring up these things is because we want to tackle everything out there that we can to help people in a bunch of different ways that they might be seeing. So long-winded or not, that's my entrance in here today. We're going to be talking about managing your relationship with money. And I know it sounds a little bit boring, but I promise you it's really important. And this isn't going to be talking about like the action steps or the math or anything like that behind doing financial things like investing or transactions or saving or whatever. We do have an episode called Living Paycheck to Paycheck and How to Get Out of It. Go check that out if you're in that place because I've been there and I talk about some things that help me get out of that space. Today, we are going to be talking about basically how do we think about money? 
because that's also really important. And that's not, once again, like the actual math of the paper on it. This is how do we think about it? And the reason why it's important to creatives and people going after what they want to do is because this sets a full index of how we're going to treat different situations and make decisions. And your decision-making process is really the most important because everyone uh, can be themselves, which is uniquely them, and no one can be exactly that person again out there, which is what makes you you and what makes me me. And everyone can learn to get better at their craft, but not everyone all the time can learn to figure out their decision-making process because it's so autopilot. And this is a factor that I think really hurts or helps people. And so the first thing that I want to talk about in here is just what I think about money as. And it's very simple for me. Like It used to be complicated, but now I've made it much more simple for me, which is money is energy. That's all. Like Leaving it at that. Obviously, there's a million complications past that of like what it actually turns into in real life and what happens day to day. Money is energy. Money is vehicle. That's all. So what that means is, yes, we need money and we need currency, whether it's bartering or investing or paycheck or money you create or whatever it is out there. We need this to exist. But at the end of the day, it simplifies things a lot if we just think about it as a vehicle to get from point A to point B and energy. Like, energy it takes to put in this vehicle to move from one spot to the other so like like during the day it's like i think about you know when my employer or my business gives me money and i get money from a client or i get money from a job or something like that i'm getting energy from them and how are they generating that much energy that they're able to give right you have to think about how how and why things are happening but then also like when i am uh, using my money to spend on something, I'm emitting energy away from me. This is a resource that I have. I'm giving it away. It needs to create something back for me too. That's how I like to think about my purchases where I'm giving energy up. So what am I getting that creates energy back for me? And if it doesn't, then I'm probably not going to buy it. So just keeping it simple like that kind of helps create like a context for some of these things. Energy, vehicle. Let's get into this uh, a little bit where the first things I want to talk about, the, I guess the reason why this episode came up to mind for me to talk about is because in the past two or three years since this podcast started, this has probably been the most craziness, the most change, the most growth that's happened in my whole life. And also with that has come the most change in my income, the most change in my living cost of overhead. Uh, the most like sacrifice, the most things like that that have popped up. And so in there, I've seen a huge scale of like what my life's been. I've been broke. You know, I've had my car catching on fire, you know, no money out of uh, school and then trying to figure that out. I had uh, another period where I had no job and I was just not quite ready for my side hustle to be my full thing that I was doing stuff to just keep things moving as like the breadwinner where I really didn't have money. And then I've had times where my cost of living was inflated. I've had times where I was making really good money, but I was spending it really shittily. When I was living way below my means, right now I'm living way below my means, but I'm making really good money. So it's like a lot of different range for me. And that's changed my perspective a lot on, on money in good and bad ways. And so that's what we're talking about here. So starting from one concept that I want to bring up, which is 
if you're in that zone, like we talked earlier about the episode I did about living paycheck to paycheck and how to get out of there. If you're in that zone, like I just said, I've been in where you're broke. I want to say that there's a very big difference between being broke and poor. And so broke and poor, you have the same things. Like the bank account looks the same. The living situation looks the same. The way you eat looks the same. Everything looks the same in terms of what you actually have in materials. But the difference between broke and poor is a mindset of how you feel about it. So before we get cranking on this, I want to just say that obviously I'm understanding that every single person's in a different situation. I've had a leg up over some people. Some people have had a leg up on me. And some people are ultra, ultra, ultra disadvantaged just from being born for no fucking reason. And people just, we just do this continuously to people, which is terrible. And some people are born with uh, privilege, like crazy privilege, way past even the privilege that I've had. And so before we get into this, just know that like, I obviously don't know every single person's life out there listening. Uh, This is just from my own experience. And, uh, Hope that you're not offended by the way that I talk about this, because if you're living in a really shitty situation, then you usually get mad when you hear conversations like this because uh, shit just sucks all the time. And I know that. Like I've been in your shoes before. I've been in a situation where I had no health care, I had no money, and I hurt myself from an accident and was like, I don't know if I should go to the hospital or not because I don't want a health care bill when I probably should have gotten stitches. So I I get it. And that's why I want to have this conversation. So there's a difference between broke and poor. When you are broke, you just don't have money, right? The money situation is not good, but you're feeling fine about the situation. You're like, I know that like optimistically, I know that things will get better from here. I know that I'll figure something out. Uh, you know, you'll know that you figure it out. Basically, you just you're like, hey, the shit sucks. Like, there's no doubt I'm eating some shitty food or I'm living in a shitty place or whatever it may be. But you know in your mind that that's not like a permanent thing, and it's not something that uh, is happening to you. It's just a situation that you're in, right? Being poor is having the exact same things as that other person, but it's the mindset of this is happening to me. There's nothing that I can do all of these things are happening to me instead of for me or with me or like just a situation that I'm in. It's a mindset. So a poor person wakes up every day and lives in that situation and does nothing about it and doesn't plan to do anything about it. They just stay there. And it's mostly because of their mindset of not figuring it out. Because there's all these stories of these amazing people that come from the street and do amazing things uh, to get themselves out of situations. But the only way that's going to happen is by not thinking that you're poor, thinking that you're broke. There have been times when I'm I'm broke and I'm like, man, this really sucks. And when people ask me like, what's going on with stuff? Like, hey, you want to go do this thing? Or I'll be like, I'm like, I can't because I'm broke. It was just me saying like, I can't because I straight up have no money to do that with. But it wasn't me saying like, the world has done this to me and I'm the worst and I can never get out of this. So like the first thing first is like, if you don't have a lot of money, you're broke. And that's okay. And that's the thing that happens to like millionaires lose all their money and they go broke from like lawsuits or like accidents or hospital bills or like crazy shit that happens. Like we know that life happens. And so it's okay to be broke, but it's not cool to be poor. So if you have no money out there, just know that you're broke and that's cool because you'll figure it out. And there's something that will happen. There's something that you can do about it. And 
you'll find a way, uh, especially if like we work on lots of different things, but broken poor are very different things. So the next thing that I want to talk about is like this section right here is talking in that space. So say you're broke when I was broke. The first thing that you have to do, like go back and listen to that living paycheck to paycheck episode so you can like hear some tips if you're in that situation. But this concept of getting fuck you money, we talked about it a little bit with Peter Mislanka. I put like the link in the show notes. And my version of fuck you money is different than like what people usually think it is. People would usually say fuck you money is like you're just stupid rich. So like you could just pour money as like a laser at things and make them disappear. For me, fuck you money is just like uh, giving yourself the buffer so that you're not making decisions with fear and you have the ability to make decisions even when there's like a little bit of risk to it because you feel that you can figure it out, right? When I was broke, broke, I didn't have the ability to figure it out. There's no option. Like the average American, I think, can't afford a, a $400 uh, liquid capital. So you have the money, not a credit card, a $400 like emergency expense because of the way that they're living with the debt to income overhead ratio. And that's a dangerous place to be because it makes you make decisions that aren't you. Like you need to make decisions that are who you are and what you want to do and what's happening. And we're lucky enough in the United States, at least. I know we have some some listeners from Europe. We have some people in India. We have some listeners from, from Australia. We have people around. So I can't speak to everything because this is the only place that I've lived at. But I know that we are really fortunate here for a lot of things. And with that, it's like you have to be able to make decisions to be able to do what you want to do to pursue what it is that you want to pursue. And to have that, you have to have a little bit of fuck you money. Not fuck you money like you're stupid rich. Fuck you money like you have saved maybe three to six months of income, which I know is brutal, especially at this time, if you're in this situation. I've, I've been there and I did this. But once you get that, what it does for you is say your boss is a total dickhead to you and it's they're disrespectful. You're not going to get anywhere. It's the wrong job for you. It's just the wrong thing, right? Like this is something that happened. We've talked about on the podcast in two episodes now. You can just walk away. Not because you're like, this is a good situation for me. It's still a bad situation. You want to know what's going on with your income, but you have the ability to just be like, I'm out. I'm all set. And people aren't used to you being able to say that to them. Like they don't know what to do. And you're like, actually, I'm cool. And it changes the way that you talk to people with that power shift as well. When you're talking about a job or you're talking about, say, your small business owners out there. I know we have a lot of like even a freelancer where you're not maybe even doing a full small business, but you're service-based to a customer. You can fire your customer. You can fire that customer that's not working for you. We talk about uh, Tim Ferriss's book, 4-Hour Workweek. If you haven't read it, that's a great book to read. Go read it. But he talks about getting rid of the 20% of the customers that are that are stopping him from doing things, right? Or And going to, the, going to the 20% of the customers that are working. When you gather just a bit so that that way you can make decisions for yourself, they're not based out of fear. And it's really important because when we're talking about managing your relationship with money and the reason why I believe that it floods into all these other aspects of being a creative or starting things and going after your dreams or going after your passion is because when you don't have that and you're making decisions, you're making them out of fear, which is 
a reaction and it's a quick reaction. And the other problem that's like a bigger problem is that you're not using like what makes you the human that you are in 2021 or whenever you're listening to this, you're using like your hunter and gather like instincts. You're just like, this is the resource in front of me. This is the action in front of me. This is the issue in front of me. And you're always reacting and you're always doing things in the moment. And it's not necessarily bringing you long-term to what you want to do. And you're not going in that direction because you're, you're like, how do I not get fired today? How do I get past this thing? How do I you know, pay for this thing? And it's just like all these problems coming up in your day and you're just living in that world. When you don't have that, you just live in that world and you react to things. It slows you down. It sucks your creativity away. It stresses you out. That stress makes you get in fights with people, makes you ruin relationships. It's like a big trickle-down effect of when you don't have some fuck you money to say fuck you to your boss, fuck you to a bad customer, people that are, are a problem for you. And there, there's this power negotiation that happens and it's natural and it's not a bad thing. There's normal movements of power for the way that humans interact, but you need to be able to make choices. So I'm not going to get way into that because like I, I noted on this episode, we have an episode about getting out of that situation. But when you're in a situation where your overhead is stupid high or when you have crazy amounts of debt or you have uh, like bad situations that I, I've been in, you have to listen to your, your boss if they're being wrong to you. You have to do a job that's just terrible, that's not good for you or your family or your health or whatever. And you have to do these things because you don't have the ability to say no. And it's just a situation that is not healthy. So getting some fuck you money, go check out my episode and some other things to work on just getting some savings so that that way, you, worst case scenario, you can survive for a couple months so you can figure things out so that that way it changes the dynamic that you talk with people. Let's talk about some negatives about being on the other side of that equation. So I've never been rich, so I definitely can't talk about that. <laughs> so I don't know what that is. Maybe I will be someday and I can I can come back on and say what that's like. I'll, I hope so. But I can talk about going from being like really, really broke and in bad situations to being like, it's still a hustle. Like I'm always working. I don't just do what I want. I'm very frugal, actually. This is where we're going to come into some other problems here is keeping the mindset that you use to get out of being broke and then what that can be a problem with when you are in a safer spot. So for me, I do have that ability. I'm in the safest spot that I've ever been to just at least control my life. The best, most control in my life that I've been able to have since I've been alive. And that's an amazing feeling to have. And it doesn't mean that I wouldn't be unhappy with a million things that could happen right now. And it doesn't mean that I can buy things that I, I want because I'm actually, I really don't. I, I have like a, a, a futon and a used uh, Ikea bed and like some very basic shit here because uh, I live way below my means to be able to feel this and go after my passion the way that I want to and as aggressively as I want to. But the thing with it is, is once you get yourself in a position like that, it's usually because you've been like really frugal, really stringent, really taking control on things to make it so that you can get that money when you're broke because you don't have a lot of it. So you're saving little tidbits uh, to make it so you get to that point so you can make those decisions to get to that spot. But then it's carrying over into uh, what made me come up with this episode, which is part of forming the relationship with money on the other side of it, which is 
we talk on the show all the time about how overnight success is a 10-year thing. I say it constantly because I, I want to pound that into people's heads because a lot of people listening to this show, going after stuff, when you see social and you see what people are up to, it just looks like they're like crushing it and way far ahead. Uh, or like they instantly got there because that's when they started posting or whatever. But uh, it takes a while to get your overnight success that you envision in your head. But if you're going from broke, you're going to that spot where you have more control. Now you're doing things like you're cutting down your overhead. You're doing things so that that way you're really sacrificing to go after your passion. You give up a lot to go after what you want to do in a real way. And it puts like that mindset that I, I feel like I got from uh, like some of my grandfathers and stuff, like people from the the Great Depression who talk about like you see stuff that they save in their attic and you're like, you're a hoarder, grandpa. You know, like they're saving shit and you're like, oh my God. When you go into like this mode of like, I'm going to sell my house, I'm going to take out this thing to do that. I'm going to sell this thing to do that. And you do like everything that you can to go into your passion in a real not fuck around way you become so frugal and so focused on it that you have to be very careful not to not spend money and not do anything for yourself. And this is the realization that I have had lately because I've been pouring money into this property up here in Maine that I'm renovating and it's working, but it still takes time. And so you can't just live... Uh, like If you've worked really hard to get to a spot where you have any type of control and capital you have to like spend things sometimes on things that don't matter at all. And for me, like that's become very hard. Like I only buy what I need. I have like the most, like I said, I'm the most secure, the most safe that I've ever been. And I don't say that to brag. I just say it because it's been a focus of mine to be able to actually get what I want in life to make it so that debt and overhead and cost of living and inflation and all these things don't tell me what I'm doing in life. And I tell me what I'm doing. And I'm passionate about that. But even though I'm in the best situation I've ever been, I still don't replace my black slip-on vans until they actually have holes in them and water goes in them. It's like, I don't have to do that. It's just like absurd that I'm that frugal that I do that when I don't have to do that. I would still be fine going after what I'm going. But, but I'll live the year or two of like the hustle moment where I'm trying to get to the next spot and it's intense and it's cash flow hungry or whatever I'm trying to do. I'll live like that, but then I won't spend money on things like on my normal day to day that would make it so that my life were exponentially better, but I won't do it. And so this whole episode came up because I finally did something that was very contrary to that for me. Whereas I'm booking a vacation that's expensive as shit. Like it's an expensive vacation. I'm going with a, a bunch of friends to Hawaii to uh, island jump and like backpack out and, and go to these places. We were supposed to go to Germany, but obviously uh, traveling even to that, who knows what could, what could happen. But I haven't gone on vacation in, I think, three or four years at all. Like I have gone on little getaways, like you've heard on here. I've done like weekend getaways or I've done like little trips and things like that because I was getting burnout and I was getting things like that that I needed to mix up. But I haven't taken like a legit vacation where I went somewhere that was like an big vacation, like it was a big change and it cost money. And I did things that the only purpose of it was to make me happy in that moment and make a memory. I haven't done that in three or four years. So 
I'm going to give myself some, some defense where like I have moved like six times or eight times or something in the past three years. And I've lived remote for a year for my wife and I've been renovating properties. I've been changing jobs. I've been losing jobs. I've been making things happen and, and all of that kind of happened. Uh, so there's a, there wasn't as much time to go on a vacation like that. And there are definitely moments where I was just broke. Like I just didn't have money to do something like that. But this is the first time that I've booked a vacation three or four years where it's a legit vacation that just doesn't matter for anything. And for me, coming from such a frugal, frugal self, that was a big deal to allow myself to, to do that. And so that's what I'm talking about with the relationship with money because it doesn't feel like that's the right thing to do for me. It feels wrong. But I am so burnt right now from this project on top of all the other shit that I have happening. I am so burnt and fried and I'm so tired and I'm so whatever that like I need this to happen for me. I need to buy a new pair of Vans slip-on shoes. You know what I mean? They're $50 to make my life better every day, but I just don't like spending the money on what I think is stupid shit. And so far, vacations have been stupid shit for me lately because it's not getting me to where I want to be at for my life, which is my long-term goal, which will make me happy for more a bigger portion of my, my life. So I still believe in that investment of not doing this like nonstop. But I think it's really important to manage your relationship with money and just focus not so much on what would be happening to you, right? That poor mindset instead of broke. Poor instead of broke is things are happening to you and you don't have control on it. This scarcity versus abundance mindset, being able to invest in yourself, being able to invest in your day-to-day into your present while you're going after your 10 years to have overnight success future is really important to make it so that you're enjoying the times that you have here because all of it's time, none of it's coming back and you are functioning the best that you possibly can. If you want to take it to performance, if you're thinking frugal, I need the best performance, I need the best thing, you also need to be able to be the best performer by taking a vacation, by buying the $50 pair of shoes. So no matter where you're at on the money scale, everyone has a problem with their relationship with money. They just have to figure out like, what do I have to do to like be cool with this at this point in time and like focus on it, not as a specific thing, but as a how am I making decisions because of this energy and this vehicle around me? So the last thing I want to leave you at, and then we're going to get out of here so that I can take like an ice bath or something so I don't die up here in my room where it's like 100 million degrees. A lot of this thought that I got recently was from a guy named Ramit uh, Sati. Uh, he came out with a book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And I heard him on a podcast with Tim Ferriss. It was a really good episode between those two chatting. I thought that was great the way that they picked it apart. But he does an exercise with couples. And with couples, I think is important. If we listen back to the episode two episodes ago with Elizabeth, just the way that we communicate with our partners or friends or whatever you're communicating with, family, on these things, is really important to over-communicate it, honestly. But what he runs people through is he runs them through Think about your rich self. What would your rich self do? And what's crazy about this exercise is you would think that like everyone would be like, I like the before I go into it, like what he's saying is if you were rich, like tomorrow, you wake up, maybe not tomorrow, but you're just rich. 
right? If you were rich right now, instead of where you were, whatever your perception of what that is, right? Whatever your perception of riches at your time in your state, if you were rich, what are some things that you would do? So he runs people through this exercise. And the amazing thing that happens is you would think that the only thing that people would talk about would be like, I'm going to buy a jet. I'm going to buy a Ferrari. I'm going to buy, you know, all this Gucci. I'm going to buy whatever, all these crazy things. And they definitely say some of those things because everyone, when they hear like, I'm rich tomorrow, like you're like, oh my God, I'm going to buy this fucking Gibson guitar or whatever. Like there's definitely some of those things on the list, but there's also a lot of things on the list that they could do right now that they don't because they're frugal or because them and their partner aren't communicating well with the way that they control their finance together as a team. So they feel pressure. Even if someone didn't say something, they feel like the other one will have a problem with it. They feel like it's not acceptable or they have to hide it. So it's either like they're frugal themselves, like me not booking a vacation, or they have someone else as an external external factor or something else as an external factor that controls it. But on the, what would you do with your rich life? People talk about simple things. They talk about like, I would shop at Whole Foods instead of Hannaford's or Market Basket or whatever you have out in the West Coast or all over the place. Or I would go to the grocery store and I just wouldn't pay attention to how much I have to spend on that. Like I budget really heavy on my groceries. I'm like, pay attention to it. They would be like, I just don't pay. I would like to just not pay attention when I go grocery shopping. I just buy whatever I want. Or maybe it's like they want to sign up for Stitch Fix. My wife has Stitch Fix where she gets like an outfit, a bunch of different outfits like a month and she picks one of them and that makes her really happy. Like for me, I don't buy clothes. I just wear whatever people give me for Christmas and my birthday is my new clothes. And I don't buy clothes and I wear the same fucking clothes from like high school or something. The only clothes I buy are like band shirts or like people, people's businesses shirts or something that I'm supporting, but I don't buy clothes, but it make me happy. And it's not a big deal to like buy clothes for a weekend. You know what I mean? To go to Whole Foods is not that big of a deal. You can say that it adds up over time, but like the exponential difference between how you spend your money on a regular, some of these things don't matter. And so these people think of, what would I do in my rich life? And they say things that they could do right now and that would make them exponentially happier. It would make them live better, perform better. And so that is all your relationship with money. Go check out his book, I guess. I didn't read his book. I just heard him on this one podcast. So if you're looking for something for free because money is tight, go listen to that Tim Ferriss uh, episode. I don't have the number. I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. But it's like him in... in uh, remit talking about it. That's free. And that like gave me what I needed to like spark this conversation in my head and just like go ahead and like make this happen. But managing your relationship with money is important for you managing the ways that you interact and make decisions on a daily basis. And that in return makes all of the difference between how close or or far away you get to your goals of pursuing your creative passion. So Hopefully that helps people. Let me know what you think about either your relationship with uh, money yourself, or let me know like some things that have worked for you. Thoughts on this episode at Dave Wake Up. You can either DM me on Instagram or I don't know. I'm on everything else: Twitter, Facebook. We're on here right now. You can message us, comment, or wake up 
from work podcast at gmail.com is our email. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Hopefully this is helpful for you guys because some of these things have been helpful for me. And I just wanted to share that with you uh, on the podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Everyone who has been listening to us live tonight, I can see a couple of people on there right now. Thank you guys for watching this. Anyone that's joining in uh, part of the way through and you want to hear this like whole episode, this will be out in two weeks and you can hear it on all podcast platforms like normal. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for uh, being on here and on the Waking Up From Work podcast. I'll see you next Thursday.